I'm Colleen Shaddix, and this is Lost Lives, a new series of podcasts presented by the Connecticut Health Eye Team's The Workup. Lost Lives examines the starkest health disparity, life expectancy. People living in poverty in the United States die younger than Americans with more wealth. In each episode, we're going to create a portrait of someone who suffered early death and talk with family about how the loss continues to shape their own lives. Her name was Shirley Mae Burgess, and she was also a McRae. Uh, she came from Wilmington, South Carolina. She was a beautiful lady uh, at an early age. She was only 41. Gail Williams, now 60, lives in New Haven. She was 15 when her mother had a fatal heart attack, leaving Williams to be the caregiver to her younger brothers. One of those brothers has also died because of an early heart attack. Deaths from heart disease have been falling for decades in the U.S., but low-income people are not sharing in this improved cardiovascular health. Studies show that as income increases, people's risk of dying from heart disease falls 40 to 50 percent. African Americans, like Williams and her family, are also at higher risk of heart disease. What do you miss most about her? Everything, really, everything. Cooking. I never had the time to really sit down and hold conversations with her, so I miss that. Let me see. Christmas time. Christmas time because she used to cook so well and she baked a lot. So she used to make the sweet potato pies, the coconut pineapple cake, the chocolate cake, and she used to make them from scratch. Yeah. Tell me about the decorations. She had decorations all over. We had a big tree because we had a big house and uh, she would decorate the dining room, the outside of the house. It was just nice. Yeah. She was strict. Yeah. Yes, because she expected us to do things right, which these kids today don't don't go about doing it the way their parents want them to do it. Not a lot of them, anyway. Yeah. But uh, she expected us to every week. We had to clean the house and everything. On this, each season, we changed the house around, mm-hmm. and we had a chandelier in the dining room. So. I used to have to clean it like once a month, and that meant taking each piece off, shining it, and putting it back in place. Oh, goodness. So I remember doing all all those type of things because she used to give parties and stuff. Uh Because my father was a mailman, and he also belonged to a club called the Shishin Day Club, and it was like for Muslim men, black men, well, Muslims, period, so. Mm-hmm. Everything changed one afternoon when Shirley Mae Burgess became suddenly ill. It was an odd day this day that I had lost her. I was walking down the street, and something told me to go to my grandfather's house because I was living in Jersey City then. Mm-hmm. And I, it was uh, on Jackson Avenue. They don't it, call it Jackson Avenue now. It's Martin Luther King Drive, but then it was Jackson Avenue. I went to his house, and my mother was sick this day. I was wondering why she was so sick, and she told me that her hands kept shutting up by their cells, like she kept catching cramps in her hands and her mm-hmm. fingers. And I kept asking her why 
did she go to the doctor about it? She said she went to the hospital. They sent her back home. And she was spitting up and all kinds of things at that time. And uh, I called back to the hospital. And they came back out. As soon as they came back out, she had the massive heart attack. Three times inside the ambulance before they even got her to the hospital. And then when she, they got her there, she went into a coma. So from there, we lost her that very next day. Oh, dear. Yeah. And you're 15 years old, and you're the one I was who's 15. calling the hospital and telling I had to tell to my do. father everything that was going on, make sure that he came over there to pick up my little baby brother. Oh, he was about seven then, mm. my baby brother. Might have not even been that old. Might have mm -hmm. been like six or six or five, mm -hmm. but he was real young. I had other brothers was in between that too. I had three younger brothers than me, and I was fifteen. They were very young. Did you get put in the role of a caretaker when you lost yes. your mom? Yes, I did. Um, we had owned a house in on Garfield Avenue in Jersey. My father like left me responsible for my brothers, mm -hmm. but he would come over every week and make sure that we had things to eat and pay the bills and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So, but yes, I was left but, responsible. So for day to day, you were the parent though. Every day. Yeah. Every day. Were you able to keep going to school? Uh, at that time, I wasn't going like I supposed that should have went anyway because I was acting out. Before my mother passed away, I had started acting out because she was a drinker. Yeah. And that put me where, I don't know, I don't know what I was thinking because I was young, but I was acting out. I stopped going to school. I wasn't going to school half of the time, and half the time I would go to school. And then that happened, I just stopped going altogether. Yeah. About a year or two after that, I got pregnant. So I only went to the 10th grade, and uh, that was it. And uh, after that, I was responsible for babies. What was that day like? How did, how did the world change for you? Oh, it was like uh, I lost the most important thing to me. The world seemed like it got dimmer a shade darker than it was. It was very bad. It was, I didn't know how to communicate with other people at that time to talk and tell my, express my feelings. So mm -hmm. I kept everything to myself too. And uh, my brother did the same thing. So for him, he went into a shell, but I didn't go into a shell because I had a little bit more than what he had. Mm -hmm. I could talk to my girlfriends or something like that, yeah. but I, he didn't have that. So yeah. things didn't go too well for him, but now he's doing fine. But me, and it didn't go too well for me either. Do you find that, that you still cope with things that way, that it's hard to talk through things that are hard? and Not now, because I've been through a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So I've talk to a lot of people and um, things are di it's different than when I was younger. I've been through so much and I've learned so much that it's just not the same anymore. 
That's great. And I'm I'm glad I did change because I had kids and then I have grandkids. So I had to change in order to be able to raise them properly and make sure that they be able to raise theirs properly. Yeah. Like heart disease risk, alcohol consumption also changes with income level. Low-income people in the U.S. are more likely to abstain completely from alcohol than wealthier Americans, but they are also more likely to engage in heavy, hazardous drinking, as Williams says her mother did. It affected me a lot because I did not like it. It was embarrassing to me. If my friend seen her, her, the way she talked to me, and it was just embarrassing to me, and I didn't want my friends around. I didn't want to be around, so it was kind of, kind of difficult, very difficult for me to her, her to have a relationship. Was this something that was going on all your life, or it was no. just toward the end of her life that she started the drinking? It's just the end of her life. I yeah. think about two or three years before she became, before she passed, it yeah. was like that, yes. Do you know what started it? I know what started it, but I don't want to say. Okay. <laughs> it's... You know, when women go through things, a lot of times they don't know how to act out. I, a lot of times, in in those days, it wasn't very many people to speak to. wasn't many people to talk to about anything. Yeah. Because she, when she went through the drinking problem, she didn't know anything about a halfway house or mm-hmm. a program or that there were counselors and stuff out there, AA and all mm-hmm. that. She it. I never heard of it myself, mm-hmm. but I was young, so I never heard it in the house, nothing about AA. And you think that the drinking led to the heart attack? Yes, I do. Yeah. Yes, I do. Because she hadn't been sick. Never been to the hospital, yeah. never been for anything. Do you worry about your own health? Do you worry? I, no, not not anymore. See, I was a drug addict. I'm, I've been 10 years clean. I don't drink. I don't do anything that I have to worry about that. Yeah. So Congratulations. That's yeah. an achievement. I mean, obviously, it's so painful for you still. Yes, it is. It still seems like uh, last week. It don't seem like you'll ever get over that. Yeah, yeah. Do you think losing your own mom changed your relationship with your kids? Yes. How so? Because I went to make sure that me and my kids always had an understanding and was able to talk to one another, you know, no matter what. I just want, didn't want it to be different from what it, I went through. Do you think your life would have been much different if you hadn't lost your mom? I don't know. I think it might have been if we had that understanding. I don't know if it would be for better, for the better, or what. <laughs> Because after I uh, went through everything that I went through, I went to my counselors and stuff like that and got myself clean. I went back to school. I got my high school diploma. Then I went to college and I got my degree. That's wonderful. So I don't know if that would have happened if my mother was living or whether I would have got right out of high school and went straight to college and did what I wanted to do, which yeah. was become a lawyer. But I don't know if that would have happened. Mm-hmm. You never know. If you could spend one day with your mom, what would you do? Hmm. I don't know. Cook for her, maybe. 
to show her that everything she taught me, I remember it. Yeah. I have a long conversation with her. I don't know. If I had money, I would probably take a trip with her. Was there someplace she always wanted to go? I don't know. So I never got to talk to her like that. Yeah, there's blanks. A lot of blanks. Yeah, because you never had that relationship as an adult right. with her. Yeah. Right. And then the last couple of years were difficult, so. Right. So I never got to sit down and talk to her like I really would like to. Is there anything else you'd like to say about your mom? Anything you want the world to know about what kind of person she was? That's about it. I would like to say to these girls nowadays that's disrespecting their parents and mother, mothers that that is the most important person in your life that you need to cherish her or every day of her life and try to get an understanding with her if you don't have one. If you could tell your mom something now, what would it be? I love you. I miss you. I wish you were here. I'm Colleen Shaddix for the Connecticut Health Investigative Team. This has been Lost Lives, a new series of podcasts presented by the Connecticut Health I Team's The Workup. If you'd like to learn more about the stories the team is following, visit us at c-hit.org.